Welcome to the new podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a place that is about inspiring hope. You can find out more about us and hear more messages at MyGatewayFellowship.com. I discovered something the other day, and someone may have heard me say this on the radio, that the average person in our society receives 27 negative things said to them before they get one positive thing said to them. 27 things. You go to work, someone will make a little comment. You walk a little farther, someone makes another little comment. And you don't even notice them. They just constantly are hitting your head. And then finally, someone will say something positive. Hey, you did that good. And just imagine day after day. And so we wanted to create an atmosphere where you can come to where you will hear 27 positive things before you hear one negative thing. And if ours desire that you won't even hear one negative thing, that you will just simply hear the love of God and that you will understand that God loves you. That's the only thing we want you to get out of this service, that God loves you. Our series that we're in the midst of right now, it's entitled Got Hope. And the reason we have entitled this series, God Hope, is because we believe that in this world, we need hope. I want to thank our brother Dwayne last week for presenting the message. I was up at Ocean City speaking in another little service up there, and we prayed for everyone here, and I know many of you are praying for us there. Well, let's bow our heads as we start here today. Dear Lord, once again, I want to thank you for this opportunity that you have given me to be able to share your good news. Lord, there is someone here today that's smiling on the outside, but inside, dear Lord, you know what they're going through. And I just pray that this service will inspire them to turn it over to you and that they will have the assurance that it is going to be okay. In your name we pray. Amen. In the book of Mark, chapter 4, there is a story that you're all familiar with. Once again, that's Mark, chapter 4, verses 31, and then it goes down to the end. 35, I believe, to the end. Now, the story is very simple. It talks about Jesus with his disciples And Jesus had already done lots of miracles and little things, and they had witnessed the power of God and how God worked. And then Jesus finally made a decision that they needed to go to the other side. And the other side was simply to cross the sea and to go to another part to preach. And as the scripture says, and we can just keep moving it forward, as the scripture says, a storm came up. And the storm was so fierce, so destructive, that these fishermen who had spent all their lives fishing thought that it was over with. Now, I'm here to say that that's something that a storm can do. Just honestly think about it. When you're in a storm, just the other day, I was there at Ocean City. I was in the parking lot, and it was raining. And people were saying, oh, we're going to go to our car. We're going to go. And I was trying to wait under the shelter until the car, you know, until the rain stopped. And finally, I said, you know, I'm just going to go to my car. And as I went out in the rain, I said, what's a little rain? Lightning hit. Pow! 
I'm telling you, pardon my expression, I almost peed my pants. That's all I can tell. Lord, forgive me. I have never been so scared in my life because the lightning hit. I literally saw it hit on the ground. It was like 10 feet in front of me, but it hit on the ground. And I'm just telling you, all faith, all everything went out of me. (laughs) I ran back to that restaurant (laughs) and I kid you not, I waited until the restaurant closed. I was so afraid to get out of there. But that is what a storm can do to you. Oh, you can talk a big game. You can talk about what you believe and how good God is. Praise the Lord. But the true test happens is when that storm comes. If you want to see how your faith is, see how you are when the storm hits. And so the scripture says that the disciples who had been fishermen all their lives, all this, when the storm hit, they were afraid. In fact, they were so afraid they thought they were going to die. And so as they're figuring what to do and we're going to die and it's over with and somebody remembered Jesus. And so they went in and got Jesus. And the scripture says that, that, that the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Once again, in a storm, it's so easy to forget all the good things that God has done for you. It's so easy to forget all those little miracles, all those times that you have talked to faith and and you have said God is good and God has worked that out. But when that storm hits, it's so easy to lose it all. Notice what the scripture goes on to say. He got up and this is the most powerful thing to me in this scripture. He rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. This passage lets us know that even in the midst of the storms of our life, God is still in control. Even though you may not understand it, even though you may think that everything has fallen apart, God is still in control. I want you to know that. Recently, some of you know, I lost my brother, lost my sister actually a year ago, and then a year and two months later, lost my brother, both right around 60, age 60. And I can tell you from my own personal self, that it was hard, and I still go through struggles. There are days where I feel like not talking to anyone. I just want to go home, shut my door, and not talk to a soul. Because when you're going through a storm, it's so easy to feel like you're the only one that's going through it. And what I have learned is that when I feel like not talking to someone, that's when I need people the most. And maybe you're going through a storm in your life right now. Maybe it's not something as drastic that has happened to me. But I want you to know that in that midst of the storm, which I am learning myself, I can call out to Jesus. And Jesus will give me that peace.
Now, there are three types of storms that we want to take a few minutes and talk about today. The first type of storm, storm is a personal storm. Now, you may say, Terry, what's personal? What's a personal storm? A personal storm is something that affects you. Maybe it's your health that you have bragged so long. I have been so healthy. I eat this. I eat that. I do this. I do that. Then all of a sudden you find yourself sick with a cancer or something. That's a storm. And maybe another personal storm is, is finances. That's, that's one. And what you have to understand is that, that the devil knows about these storms. And the devil will try to use storms to get you thrown off. And that's why the scripture wanted you to know that don't be afraid of the storm. Because Jesus is even in control of it. But the devil wants you to get you like me. When that lightning hits, you're so afraid you can't even think straight. But friends, you have to just use that time to just focus. God knows what he's doing. And a personal storm can be so hard. And especially if you're a believer. Because you may think, you know, you're, you're doing and you may be doing everything that God has asked you to do. But then that storm still hits. And then you have to make a decision. Am I still going to trust God? And I really wish I could say it's easy to make that decision. But it's not an easy thing when you're going through a personal storm. Because of the lightning and the wind and the problems and the surroundings, it's hard. But that's why it's important then to place yourself in a community like this. Where when you are low on your being able to see that there's people around you that can give you encouragement. There's people like Jasmine and the praise team that you can hear songs of hope that could let you know there's still a God in control. I remember that after I had been in the military and many of you heard my story so many times, I was blessed to be able to work at the White House, President Reagan, President Bush. In fact, I was one of the ones called back for President Clinton. And, and here I was at a little college, and, and I tried to let, not let anyone know at the college what my background had been in the military, because I just wanted to be a simple college student. And that was it, and that was good, and I was able to do that. And I remember I was part of the theology program, and I was one of their ministers that would go out and preach and different things. And, and I just said, Lord, this is so good. All the rough times I had in the military, now it's all starting to come together. And I remember just thinking that everything is so good. And then I discovered something. We're talking about going through the storm. Is that while in the military, I had something which later on it became uh, uh, not direct deposit, but when they automatically take it out of your paycheck uh, for a bill payment or whatever, and, I, and, and so I had started this on my car. I had bought a brand new car right here in D.C., actually at Coons, Coons Ford. I'll never forget a Ford Temple. And I was so excited because that was my first new car and all that. And so I had that car for three years, and I had arranged for the Air Force. They, they would just take the money out of my paycheck. And when I told them I would be getting out, they asked if they could take double the amount 
because what they wanted to do is that when I got out, I wouldn't have any payments. The car would be paid for. And so I was excited. Yeah, go ahead and take double. And that way I get to college. I won't have to worry about a car note or anything. And I was so excited. So I got there my first six, seven months of college. Everything's going good. All of a sudden, I receive a certified letter. Now, some of you here know that a lot of times when you get a certified letter, it's not good. And I was naive back then. Oh, yeah, I got a certified letter. What is this? I go to the post office. I'm all excited. thinking maybe someone had sent me money or something for school. And I open it up. And it was, I'll never forget, it was from Ford Financing. And they said, Mr. Terry Johnson, you have missed eight months of payments. And they gave the amount of money that you have to pay this amount of money or we're going to come and take your car. And the amount of money was a huge amount of money. And I mean, because what had happened apparently is that they weren't taking the money out of my paycheck for that double payment. So I had all of that non-double payment, then eight months of no payment on top of that. And here I was, the one preaching and all the assignments and all the other students were so excited. Look at Terry and we're talking about a storm. I will never forget this as long as I live. I was going to go preach at a little place called Athens, Alabama. Anyone who, out of there, they may know of that area. I was going to go preach that morning. I go downstairs and I see a guy putting all my stuff in a box from my car. And by the time I get down there, it was already hooked up. And let me tell you what happened. They repossessed my car. And the devil was so good, had them do it the morning I was going to go preach somewhere. And I'm trying to argue with the repo guy. And if any of you have ever been in that situation, you, let me just tell you now, don't even try to argue. Don't just give it up. I tried to argue. I did everything. And all I remember is I'm sitting there arguing with him. My, he's in my car and he's driving off. And I'm still there in the middle of the street yelling at him. And he's just driving down the street in my car. And I remember thinking, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? And I had made such a commotion. All the students started coming out of the dormitory. And there I was. We're talking about going through a storm. And I remember calling my mother up and said, Mother, I, I'm, I'm through. I'm just going to go back in the military. Here I am trying to be a Christian. And, and because when you go through the storm, once again, you lose focus. You stop forgetting all the good things that the Lord has blessed you with. And my mother said, Terry, stop it. Did you pay the bill? No or yes? No, I didn't. Well, that's their car then. But mother, you don't understand. That's their car then. I hung up the phone. And I wish I could give you a miracle story. Oh, yes, the Lord had a, had a Ferrari pull up in its place and someone gave me the keys. All I can tell you is that the next week I was catching the bus. <laughs> Literally. 
Everybody else, you know, the big thing on Fridays is that you could go to the mall. And I used to love to park my car. My girlfriend would come out, bring her friends. And there I am on the bus like everybody else now. Wish I could give you a miracle story. But let me tell you where the miracle did come in. Is that through the midst of that storm. I didn't lose my faith in God. And that is what the miracle was. That I understood that God is in control. I didn't lose faith. And many times there are many of us who go through the storm. And we start focusing so much on us and the problem that we lose hope that God is still in control. I will never forget, there's a story I just read the other day. It was a Christian family in Vietnam. And there was a Sunday school teacher, and she would teach her little kids the story. She would invite all the neighborhood kids to come, and she would teach the story of Moses and all the stuff like would happen and all the different things. And then the Vietnam conflict took place. Uh, bombing, all the stuff. And so this lady took her little Sunday school group and they had to try to cross to a safer part. And as they're going, the lady just fell on her knees and just said, Lord, I just can't do this. This is just too much for me. And one of the little girls said, teacher, didn't Moses go through a rough time and you told us how the Lord guided him through it and this and that? And the, little, and the teacher looked at the little girl and said, yes, that's true. But let me tell you this. I'm not Moses. <laughs> and the little girl said this. But isn't he still the same God? Amen. Wow. Isn't he still the same God? That's where we have to have our faith. Is the God who made the storm, the winds stop? Is that still the same God? Is that still the same God that can say, yes, I'm going through a personal storm right now, but peace be still. Finances stop. Problems don't do it anymore to him. Yes, they're hurting, but stop. Enough is enough. We have to believe that that is the same God that can do that for us in our lives. That's where the real test is. Just recently, I saw a program, a podcast with Joel Osteen. Maybe you've heard of him. And he told a story of hope that I will never forget. That he and his wife, they had been married for a while and they had been saving up money to buy a house. And so they looked and looked and finally they said the Lord provided them with the perfect house. It had everything that they wanted. Everything they even dreamed for. And they just knew without a question or a doubt that God had provided this house for them. There was no question about it. It was just too perfect. 
And he says, well, when they went to go put the down payment on the house, the person said, well, we wanted a little bit more money than you give us. We want. And finally, he said it became such a struggle. They went on and on and on. And then finally, they lost the house. And he said, you know what? I got so discouraged and started thinking, God, why would you do this to us? You, we have told all of our friends and our family all about this house that you have blessed us with. We had planned a housewarming. We're going to use this for ministry. Instead, now you have made us the laughing stock of everybody. He said he had to make a decision. One day his wife said, dear, let's go to prayer meeting. And he said, I'll be honest, I, I didn't want to go. I was angry with God. Why would God allow this to happen? But he said, you know what? I just said, all right, dear, let's go. So he said they went to a prayer meeting service. And then while they're at prayer meeting, they gave a chance for people to just ask people to pray for certain things. And he says, wife hit him and said, stand up and ask them to pray for our house. He said, dear, I'm not going to do that. She says, come on, come on, let's ask people to pray. for. I'm one of the ministers here. I can't, I can't do that. My father's the pastor. I can't. She says, dear, just stand up and ask them to pray. So he said, he was hesitant, but he stood up and just said, y'all, I've gone through a rough time. Many of you have known this house situation and, and all this. It's just been horrible. And I just want y'all to pray for me. Pray for my family. Just pray for my faith, please. He said at the end of the service, a gentleman came up to him and said, you're looking for a house? My brother-in-law and sister have just gotten transferred and they have this house. They've just been, I mean, they haven't even put on the market yet. He said, why don't you come, come, and, uh, come, come by and talk to them? And so they went over and talked to them. There was the house two times bigger than the house that they wanted originally with 20 acres of land and it was $300,000 cheaper. He says, we bought that house. He says, after being in that house for no more than four months, a developing company asked if they could buy 10 acres of our land. They bought the 10 acres of the land. It was enough money to pay off the house So we were now living debt free in a house that was bigger than the house that we wanted in the first place. And here we were mad at God in the storm, thinking that God didn't know what he was doing. And friends, I want you to know here today that if you're going through a storm, God is still God. He's still in control, even though you may not understand it right now. Even though it doesn't make sense to you right now. God knows what he's doing. And that's where the true faith comes in. Learning to believe in him. Even in the midst of the storm. I consider this one of the greatest hymns ever written. You've heard it many times before. Thomas Dorsey was a musician that lived many, many years ago. 
but he was known as the father of gospel music. Now, Thomas had had been newly married and his wife was expecting their first little baby. And how he would make money back in 1930, he would travel different places, he would sing special musics, and that's how he made his money. Well, Thomas said that he had received a call to go sing in a revival meeting in St. Louis. And they lived in Chicago, and, and he had just, like his wife was eight months pregnant. And he said that he just really didn't want to go, but his wife said, dear, you know we need the money. And so he left, and he got all the way to the train station and realized that he had left his sheet music. So he goes all the way back to the house, and his wife is there in bed, sleep. He said, right then I felt like maybe I should have stayed there. He said, instead, I just kissed her on the forehead, got my music, and I left. He says, by the time I arrived at Chicago, excuse me, uh, left Chicago and arrived in St. Louis, there was a telegraph. And the telegram said, get on a train and come back home. Your wife has died. And underneath that, baby also. He said he came back and that was the longest train ride he ever rode in his life. And when he got there, sure enough, his wife had died within that short period of time. And in those days, they would lie the baby in the wife's arms. And he said he was just broken to his core. And he did what many of us logically do in a storm. We start saying, God, it's not fair. Why did you allow this to happen to me? He said a friend came to him in a couple days. And the friend said, don't give up, brother. That God can still use you. He said he then went to the piano and he simply started singing a song that the Lord had placed upon his heart. And as a result of that song, that song is what made him a well-known musician. Because of that song, he went on to just just do everything musically and just unreal and later in life he said I wish it would have turned out differently with my wife but I know now that even in the midst of all that was happening God was still in control God was able to use that saddest time in my life and make something good out of it I want you to listen to that song that Thomas Dorsey wrote back in 1931. Jasmine, will you lead us? Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on. 
someone here today that you're going through a storm that you don't understand as I've told you I'm going through a personal I'm preaching in the midst of a storm in my own personal life right now but every day I have to wake up and say Lord you are still God and I'm choosing to trust you even though I don't understand it right now As I said in the very beginning, some of you may have thought that you have come here by accident today. And you will find yourself in three places in life. It's very simple. Either you're in a storm right this moment, or you have just gotten out of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm. But the good news is that you don't have to worry. God will be by your side. And he can even take that storm and make something good out of it. He can make a song out of it. He can make a story out of it. He can make inspiration out of it. That your test becomes a testimony. And that only can happen by allowing him to do that. And so I want to have a special prayer here today. This is one of those times where don't worry about who's to your left or your right. It's all about you because in the end, thank goodness we're saved individually, not by masses. But I want to have a special prayer. I'm going to invite you, if you're in a storm, out of a storm, feel like you're about to, whatever you might be. I don't think it's by accident. The Lord wants to pray for, he wants to do something for you right now. He wants me to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to come forward if that's your desire. Preethi, would you join me? Right afterwards, Dad. I am weak. I am weak. 
Let's all gather around. We're going to ask for miracles in this place here tonight. Just know, friends, you're not going through it alone. You're not. The enemy is going to try to make you think that. The enemy is going to try to get you to doubt God, that God doesn't know what he's doing. He's even going to try to tell some of you that God doesn't love you. Oh, friends, this is a time to hang on the most right now. If you look at history of storms, you will realize this, that once a storm leaves, some of the most beautiful days happen. The air is the freshest. The sky is the bluest. And as I was preparing for this message, I I was trying to figure out why does storms even happen in nature? And what the encyclopedia said is that that's nature's way of pruning the trees. Because those who may have had trees and stuff, you know, you have to cut the branches for new ones to grow. But nature's way of doing that is to have these storms to break off the bad stuff in order for the new stuff to grow. And so just maybe the storm that you're going through right now, that God knows what he's doing, that he's breaking off some bad stuff. He's replacing it with faith. He's breaking off something else and giving you trust. He's breaking off something else and giving you hope. But friends, you can't give up. You got to believe in him even more. And that's what hope is all about. I'm going to say a brief prayer, then I'm going to ask Preethi to end it. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, you see us as your brothers and sisters. We come before you right now. And Lord, there are many of us right now that we're in the midst of a storm. We can't see sometimes, Lord, that the storm is so confusing. But Lord, right now, we ask just like you did with your disciples, that in each and every one of us, that you will say, peace, be still. And the storm of finances will stop, dear Lord. Peace, be still. And the storm of bad health will stop, dear Jesus. Peace, be still. The pain of loneliness and hurt, Lord, will stop. And so, Lord, whatever the situation might be here, we know it's an individual thing. It's between you and that person, Lord. Please, Lord, we choose to believe the power that we have read in the scriptures. In your name we pray. Amen. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.